Blog Talk Radio. I'm the author of Dare to Date and the creator of FantasyDatingGame.com, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Ryan Truex. Hello, world. I still haven't written a book. (laughs) Working on it, though. I'm sure. Yes. And uh, it's true. Ryan is a writer, so yes. (laughs) It's not true. I'm not working on writing a book. I would love to write it. Maybe one day. Maybe Maybe. someday. I, I think it's really just button chair. Button share, tap on those keys, and then it comes out. All right, well, you make it sound so easy. I know. Next week, guys, my book will be out. <laughs> He's super fast, too. Yeah, I don't know what it's called yet, but <laughs> got a working title for it. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so tonight, we're going to be talking about long-distance love, long-distance relationships, and kind of debating whether it works or it doesn't work. So uh, if you have had a long-distance relationship, we would love to hear from you. So give us a call at 323-870-3965, and, uh, and, and please share your stories. What about you, Ryan? Have you ever had a long-distance relationship? Uh, uh, yes. <clears throat> then I had to clear my throat to talk about it. I know. I was uh, like, oh, my God, was it that bad? No, I, I mean, uh, yeah, no, I've actually, uh, I've been, well, yeah, see, the hard thing is, first of all, um, now you're talking about definitions, right? Yeah. Uh, relationship would be a big definition because sometimes people that are dating from a long distance may not necessarily consider you know it to be a full-fledged, full-on relationship. There can be sometimes a difference between how I might feel and thinking that, yes, I am in a long-distance relationship versus the person who I believe to be in this relationship with, but because they're several thousand miles away, I don't actually know for sure what it is that they're doing on a daily basis, right? Right. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, is that what uh, happened? Well, like, no, I mean, you, okay. You, you so I guess sure I would say I, ha- I, I, would, I would have two examples. I'd have two examples. Okay. One was a definitive, yes, we were in a long-distance relationship. Okay. And that was later on in my actual adult life versus uh, when I was in college – and for a while, uh, when I was a freshman in college, I believed that I was dating a girl who I had dated uh, on and off through high school, but through the good portion of high school, and then on and off again, actually, until we were seniors in college, uh, mostly just when we were you know, home for the summers or whatever. But my freshman year had a very specific uh, sort of come-to-Jesus moment when it came to dating somebody long distance. I thought that there was still a sort of mutual agreement that we may date other people casually or whatever, and we're sort of checking out the whole college thing. But uh, the story basically is just that I went on a vacation that I had, had a week off, 
mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of February that most other colleges don't get because my college was named for a former president who has a birthday in February. And so we got a week Lincoln? off. Lincoln? Uh, Washington. Washington? Yes. I went to Washington and Lee University uh-huh. in Lexington, Virginia. Uh-huh. And so we got a week off in February for, uh, it was called the Washington holiday. It was Washington's birthday. You get a whole week off. Mm-hmm. Um, That's most amazing. Of, yeah, most other places didn't get it. No. Um, <laughs> and so during that holiday, uh, my the girl who had been my girlfriend... Uh, was going to school at another small college in Pennsylvania. And so we had talked via email, uh, which, I mean, was a new thing at the time. So, yeah, going back, just let you know how old I am. Yeah, I sent my first emails when I was a freshman in college. Oh, well, I was way older than you were when I sent my first emails. But, uh, so anyway, we had talked about, oh, you know, I'm going to come up and visit or whatever, and it was a mutually agreed upon thing. And, I mean, we don't have to go into a lot of detail about the entire thing, but the long and the short of it was, uh, after encouraging me to make this eight-hour trek up to the small town in Pennsylvania where she was going to college, I got there uh, only to find out over the course of the next day and a half that she, in fact, was dating another person uh, on her campus. Oh, no! Which made it doubly weird for me because then did I was. Did she know you were coming or was it Of surprise? course she did. No, it was like a, no, it was like a, it was a mutually agreed upon thing. Oh my God. So I thought that I was going up to like see, like, Your I mean, girlfriend? not necessarily my girlfriend, I guess, but like the girl that I had been dating for a long period of time. I mean, like, like years. Oh my God. That's horrible. This uh, is horrible. And uh, yeah, so I got there. She didn't handle it very well. Mm. I, maybe that's just sort of the moral of the story. She didn't handle it very well. Then I got there, and I and then I didn't handle it very well, obviously. And then it was super weird because, you know, I mean, I didn't have a car my freshman year. I was in Virginia. Oh, no. So I had caught a ride with one of my fraternity brothers to oh, Pennsylvania no. to go see her. And then I got there, and then I was stuck on this campus for three days. And oh, then came gosh. to find out that, like, she actually was dating this other dude and wasn't really super interested in spending a lot of time with me. And so I ended up having to make a phone call and call like the only person that I knew on our campus that had stayed uh, on my campus in Virginia. And I mean, bless her heart, this girl, uh, I knew that she was in town because she had stayed to work and we were in the, like in the theater department together and we were actually doing a play together at the time. So that's why I knew, like, that she was mm-hmm. staying in Lexington for the week that everybody else was off so that she could work her job that she had in Lexington. And, I mean, I called her and made this just, like, desperation phone call. And I was like, this is the situation. And I'm stuck here. And I know it is a huge, huge ask. But, good God, please, could you just drive to Pennsylvania and come get me? And, I mean, bless her heart she came all the way to pennsylvania drove like eight hours round like you should have been dating her she's the girl you should have been dating yeah we we dated after that for a little while but that was a that's a totally different story i love that it doesn't it wasn't it it, yeah when a man calls you when he's stuck because someone is okay but totally screwed him over right but go pick him up because it could result in love yeah, well, but now looking back on it, like, was I the manipulative jerk that was like, I kind of know that she has a little crush on me, and I know that she's in town, so maybe I can get her to come drive 16 hours round trip to come get my lame ass from this campus in Pennsylvania? God bless her. I, I mean... God bless her. No, yeah, she's Yeah, but you same. dated afterwards. I mean, so obviously you liked her enough to date. 
Yeah, we did. No, she was great. I mean, really, yeah, really, really wonderful girl. Nice. We're still friends. See? Then yeah. there you go. Long distance. We're long distance friends. Long distance friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, but so, okay, so that sort of spoke to my point, which was sometimes you can be in a long distance relationship that you think is a long distance relationship when, in fact, you are not at all in a relationship. Oh, my gosh. I have the greatest example of this ever. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's all right. Finish your sentence. Well, no. So the other one was then I actually like I was in an in an actual long distance relationship for a little while that that was a mutually agreed upon we're dating exclusively relationship. Mm-hmm. I I was working for a company at the time uh, that was based uh, here in Los Angeles and they were opening a uh, branch in Chicago and so I was part of their like corporate training team and went out to help open the place in Chicago. And so I was in Chicago over the summer for three months and met a girl while I was there who uh, was also working for the same company. It happens. Yeah. And so, you know, upon having to leave after that three-month period, we had that conversation. We're like, ah, you know, I'm into this, you're into this, like, let's try this out and figure it out. And so, yeah, then we were, you know, doing the long distance thing and she was in Chicago and I was in LA. And so it was a, you know, talk every night on the phone, lots of emails. There still wasn't a lot of text messaging at that time. Yes. Probably a new thing. I sound like I'm a hundred years old now. Well, like, I'm, I'm people weren't one. sending the so texts, not yeah. so much texting. Not so much texting. Yeah. So more, uh, telephone calls, the emails, uh, the nightly, you know, Okay, you're going to sleep. Okay, I'm going to sleep. Good night, good night, like that mm-hmm. thing. Um, and so then, <clears throat> but I was also young and I was also broke. Mm. Um, and so the idea of traveling a lot to be able to, you know, engage. It's a lot. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot. Um, so after that sort of initial period, she came out to L.A. to visit me once. And we had a really good time while we were in L.A., but she also sort of dropped the uh, kind of bomb that she was like, yeah, that, that I would never move here. She's Midwestern. Her whole family's from the Midwest it's and the Chicago. And yeah. Yeah. But she was like, no, I'm not, I don't, I'm yeah. never going to move here. No. And so I was like, well, that makes sense. Cause I could see why you would want to live in Chicago instead of Los Angeles where it's beautiful all the time, but whatever. Well, you know, cool. I can I try mean, Chicago. Hey, look, I love Chicago. No, don't yeah. get me wrong. I've yeah. actually told people a number of times if I was going to live in it's any other amazing. city besides LA, I would live in Chicago. It's gorgeous. You know, that's kind of funny. I actually kind of feel the same way. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. Strangely. I mean, it's great. No, it's yeah. great. There's a lot of, yeah. Uh-huh. Summers are really wonderful there. There's a lot of good Summers social interaction. Cost people, of living is really low. Cost of living is and good. And it's a beautiful, clean city. Clean. Relatively safe. Yeah. Yeah. It's lovely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chicago.com. We're, yeah, we're just, <laughs> I, I know, I know. Plug for Chicago. Seriously. Um, so, yeah, but so anyway, so she came out here, whatever she visited. She was like, no, I'm never going to move here. And I was like, all right. And then a few months later, I went out there to visit her. Um, unfortunately for her and for our relationship, that was in December. And I don't know if you've ever spent December in Chicago. Chicago. Yes, I have. It's really cold. But yeah, that was pretty much February's worst. That was pretty much like the <laughs> like the deal breaker for me. I was out there for a week. I was like, I get it. Uh, F this, F Chicago. Yeah, yeah. There's not a chance that I am ever gonna move here. So if no. you're not moving there, and I'm not moving here, then it's pretty much a yeah done deal. 
And I get it. Yeah, like a year later, she married the guy that was uh, my supervisor in the company at the time. And so, you know, everything all worked the way it was supposed to, I guess. Yes. So much for a happy ending on that one. Yeah. Um, Really, the point was is there are very few happy endings in long-distance relationships. um, I don't know of many. Listen, I heard about the most unhappy ending in a long-distance relationship ever today. So actually, after we after we posted on social media about this show tonight, I got a message from a fantasy tater who recently met a guy who was in the military. And so she works at a gun range. Mm. And so this guy came in and she they were talking for a while at the gun range and they were flirting back and forth and blah, blah, blah. And then... <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. I just There's so many different jokes that you could make about people meeting uh, at a gun range. I know, I know, and the fact that he's in the military. But anyway, so so she, so she I guess <clears> he was with a relative and so who was like a regular there, and so she passed her number on to the relative and then passed it on to him, and these two have been texting back and forth. Now, So now he's like, uh, he's somewhere on location, right? Yeah. And so they've been texting back and forth like mad people yeah. for like weeks, right? And it's like... All kinds of amazing, dreamy, wonderful, fabulous, you know, awesome texts. Yes. So then she Facebook friended him and he Facebook friended her back and then immediately deleted her because apparently he thought that she was her coworker who's all like blonde and bedazzled and like, you know, like, I mean, and so, and so this poor girl has invested like, I don't know how many weeks in texting back and forth in a textual relationship with this dude. And then he's like, you're not the girl I thought you were. And, and just freaking disappears. I mean, he really, he thought, he thought he was texting Barbie and it turns out that, you know, he was texting a normal girl. Uh, and so he goes, which I told her was a total, she dodged a bullet, and that uh, is some guy. Pun. I mean, oh my God, I didn't think it was a pun! But, but, Sorry. But seriously, I mean, total pun. But it's like, you know, uh, I mean, you know, if he's going to if he's gonna ignore that they've been enjoying hilarious, you know, engaging text for two, three weeks, and base it all on because she's not Barbie, he's now gone. I mean, I, what a dick. Well, yeah, and I would also <laughs> just... From a general self-preservation stance, uh, I would question the uh, wisdom of ghosting a girl that you met at a gun range, just as like a general... Oh, good point. Yeah. Good point. I mean, you know, she's got to have like a bunch of Glocks and some assault rifles. Yeah. At the very least, she's (laughs) got a concealed carry permit. And if you don't know what she looks like, I mean, that's the other problem. Right. Well, I mean, it's like, and how how did he get her confused with the co? I mean, mm. what an idiot! I mean, so I mean, I really, I do feel like it was it was a nice uh, it, that she saved herself some heartache and he trouble. Was paying more attention to his own barrel, you know what I'm saying? Oh God! <laughs> I know, I know. But isn't that just a horrible story? So anyway. I mean, it was horrible when it started at the gun range. To be completely fair, well, <laughs> Suzanne, to be completely fair. I don't think there's anything wrong with. Anyway, let's not get into that. So moving on. Um, How many hookups have you made at the gun range? Oh, Because no. I've made zero. At uh, the gun range, I've made zero. I don't, I don't, I've been to some gun ranges. Uh, <laughs> I have not hooked up at a single one. Not gotten one single number at the gun range. Well, maybe this is a new goal. <laughs> I'm 
kidding. I'm, well, I'm oh, married yeah. now, so. That's right. Uh, I forgot. I forgot for a second. A guy could dream. Oh, my goodness. I totally <laughs> forgot for a second. Meeting a girl who's got a nice Glock. Oh, I think we're being saved by the ring. I think our <laughs> guest, Bella Graham, may be on the line now. Let's see. Hello? Hi. Bella, are you there? It's me. I'm here. Can you hear me? Um, We can hear you, but it's definitely quiet so if you want to project that'd be awesome <laughs> how okay. are you is this better oh, there yeah. she is yep that is better thank you so much okay so everyone this is bella graham she is a she is a journalist she writes a lot about her adventures in love and travel and dating and recently she wrote a, a great article called love in real time about long distance uh relationships and so we wanted to talk to her tonight since we're on that topic. So how are you? I'm doing well. It's been a busy day, but a great day. I'm excited about this topic and to talk to you guys and hear your thoughts as well. Fantastic. So uh, will you take a moment and fill in the audience and let them know a little bit about what you do and um, and how you uh, and how you started actually dating about dating and uh, sorry writing about dating and love <laughs> and all of that. Okay, sure. Uh, I am a freelance journalist and a marketing consultant, and I also have a private club for influencers called Global Sophisticates. We take them on trips to high-profile events um, like New York Fashion Week. We'll be at New York Fashion Week in February. But uh, as it pertains to writing, I got into journalism. I feel like I've been writing my whole life, but uh, as soon as I graduated college, I started writing. I did a lot of entertainment stuff, covered concerts, uh, album reviews, interviewed a lot of celebrities. And then, you know, as you progress, you start wanting to write about more meaningful things. So I started writing about travel and love and relationships. And um, with all art, it's inspired by the stories of people around me or my own adventures, and that's kind of how this article came about. That's fantastic. You know, Ryan and I actually have been talking about our own, uh, well, I haven't gotten into mine yet, but we've been talking about (laughs) long-distance relationships and his personal experiences with long-distance relationships. Have you been in one? I have. <laughs> so how did it go? <laughs> that was a long time. That sounded very mysterious. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I have uh, a few. And um, I don't think that, uh, well, I won't say I won't do it again, but I feel like there are certain circumstances and certain factors that have to be present in order for it to work. Um. So what I do you think, think they that, are? Well, uh, it, it takes a lot of trust. It takes a lot of trust in you dating the person that you're dating. But I think to start off, if you're in separate places, if you you know, if you travel somewhere and you meet someone and then you guys have a connection and then you go back home, it's harder to sustain that type of relationship because you don't you haven't had that basis of quality time to base it on. You know what I mean? So it would be different if you were already in a relationship and then one of you guys move, you already established that foundation 
But, I mean, everyone's story is different, but I think that's one of the factors is just trust and communication, and that comes with time, with knowing someone. I don't think there's a a certain amount of hours that you can talk on the phone. It doesn't replace that FaceTime. Like, you need that FaceTime. So uh, frequent seeing each other some sort of, um, I don't know, however you guys can work it out, but kind of going back and forth. And then there's like, uh, yeah, technology well, plays a big part. So in in your article, you know, uh, you, you, de- you cover a lot about technology and how technology seems to, or uh, seems to bridge the gap between, uh, the, the geography gap, if you will, yes. you know, between people who yes. are in um, long-distance relationships. W- what did you find when you were doing the research in the article? Um, well, there's so many different ways to keep in contact with technology, and um, it actually it kind of bridges the gap between the distance. You know, like you think of people who are who had long-distance relationships, like in the 40s when, like, war, uh, like the soldiers went out and they were deployed and then they only had posts. Like, you know how long it takes to get a letter? That's that's dedication. And we have, um, you know, in our parents' generation, they had landline calls and then pagers. But even then, like, with a pager, you still had to wait for someone to, like, um, get back. So technology just makes it easier for you guys to keeping contact. There's Skype, there's FaceTime, there's Snapchat, there's just all of these different things. There there are even apps built for long-distance relationships. One of the girls that I interviewed uses an app. I'm trying, I think it was called Avocado. (laughs) Avocado, and it, like, I've never used the app, but she said that she they could, like, send messages that were, like, only they could see and videos and different stuff. Uh, I think WhatsApp is a good app because it allows you to make free calls as long as you're connected to Wi-Fi, so, like, for out-of-the-country purposes. Oh, that's um, cool. There's a couple of things, yeah. So do you think that, uh, the advent of technology, things like FaceTime. And I mean, I, I was talking to Suzanne before the show and I was like, hey, you know, I mean, FaceTime or Skype, like when we were kids, uh, the idea of being able to telephone somebody and see them talking to you on, you know, a video monitor, like actually being able to experience, you know, speaking to somebody in real time and seeing them in real time and whatever. I guess my mm-hmm. question is, when it comes to long distance relationships, do you think that that is is something that is more beneficial to long distance relationships or, you know, I I would say that maybe there are some sort of relationship purists or whatever that have a nostalgia or romanticized notion of the idea of talking on the phone and writing letters and love letters. Yeah. Like being, you know, (laughs) I'm, I'm curious if you think that sort of the advent of technology and the sort of instant gratification that comes from being able to FaceTime somebody or Skype with somebody or whatever has replaced the idea of general sort of romanticism when it comes to the long distance aspect of a relationship. And if that's a positive thing or a negative thing. Oh, you mean like, is it a little less romantic? Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, in some ways. I mean, 
maybe. I don't know. What do you think, Bella? Um, I think that actually I, I there's a part in the article where I feel like I just kind of perfectly answer this question. I'm just going to read it. Uh, so it says, we want to consume love in the same way that we cash out 140-character Twitter updates, rapidly skimming through Instagram feeds, and nonchalantly post snaps we all know will disappear in 24 hours. We want love to be instantaneous yet everlasting. We want technology to help us communicate more humanly with other humans. In short, what we want is a paradox, to use technology to bridge misunderstandings and close the gaps between our hearts. So when used as a vehicle, and not as a crutch to intimacy, technology has the power to help millennials and long-distance relationships thrive better than ever before. So you have to use that. it as a vehicle. It cannot be the crutch. It, the technology can't be all that that is there. It has to be, you know, like effort, like I said, trust, but it definitely makes it. I think it makes it possible, especially, like, I think millennials and um People now are, like, more apt to travel. If you travel for work, I think it just – I think long-distance relationships also fit a certain type of lifestyle. I think that's probably one of the reasons I keep getting into them. <laughs> uh, when you're I, I, busy, actually... you're uh, – like, when you're busy, it you – I feel like even if someone lives here, I probably still wouldn't see them all the time. Like, I'm not that type of way to be all under someone. So it's like a personality trait. Those, I think, like, busy, career-minded people are more apt to long-distance relationships. I absolutely awesome. agree with you. I mean, I, I, I've, I've, I had one, a long-term one myself, and it worked because – I am a little bit crazy and a bit of a workaholic and, and, and definitely mm-hmm. working all the time. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, I totally get that. But I love what you just said about how it's, you know, we want a paradox, how we want romanticism, but we want instant gratification. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I think that was beautiful. You know, we want it in 140 characters or less, but, you know, we want it to be. Better be damn romantic in 140 characters. <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah, that's really beautifully put. Uh, I love that. Thank you. Well, and I think that, you know, to the point that Bella was making too, uh, uh, and you and I were talking about it a little bit before the show, which is that I, I do think that in some ways um, long-distance relationships do cater toward people who maybe have issues with either commitment or space or intimacy or it's certainly a way like having a long distance relationship Mm -hmm. can be in some ways a a way to be like oh yeah no I'm committed I'm in a relationship but then also not have to deal with like all of the junk in a relationship with somebody who's like all up in your stuff all the time Mm -hmm. right yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree, and that's. I feel like it also goes back to the personality trait. If you're busy, like it, you can still have a relationship, and you don't have to deal with these things. <laughs> but um, 
I don't know. I I met a girl, one of the girls that I interviewed for the article met a guy in Australia when she was studying abroad and then he moved to California and then like they go back and forth. I just feel like sometimes you you meet the connection, you make a connection with someone and it's just so strong. It just transcends um, space. But it has to be dedication on both parties. I think that's something that's very important is the effort. You have to put effort to, like, being a long-distance or long-distance dating, really. Well, yeah, and I th- I mean, I think that holds true for really any relationship, whether it's a, a long-distance one or, you know, sure. your, your marriage or whatever. Like, yeah, obviously that, that effort is paramount to it. I guess, so my biggest question uh to you Bella or Suzanne or anybody who wants to call and weigh in uh having been in some long distance relationships uh or you know for anybody who's out there who has been in a long distance relationship I'm actually curious can anybody does anybody think of anyone off the top of their head like do you know somebody Suzanne do you know somebody Bella Anybody who's been in a long-distance relationship over an extended period of time where that relationship has ultimately worked out for them? Yeah. Because for me, I I know plenty of people who have been in long-distance relationships, but I can't point to a single success story over the course of, you know, my life of, like, people that I know that have dated bi-coastal or dated across countries or whatever that ultimately have been – have, like, worked it out and got married and had kids and, like, had a family and the whole thing. I actually have several friends. I know a few. Yeah. You too, Bella? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. So my friends are all jerks is basically what we're talking about. Well, no, awesome. I just, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> jerk friends. I got jerk friends. We, we, we actually have a caller on the line, so let's see if perhaps there's an uh, there's this person's had a successful uh, long distance uh, relationship. Hi, welcome to Fantasy Dating Radio. What's your name? This is Greg. Hello. Hi, Greg. Can you hear me? I think we're going to have a bit of a delay, unfortunately, the whole Southern Hemisphere thing. Okay, so Bella and uh, Ryan, this is my my dear, dear friend, Greg Bell. And so uh, he has had, I mean, seriously, it's funny that you asked if anyone has had a success story because, and Bella, what you just said about the guy and the girl who were going from L.A. Mm-hmm. to Australia, Greg Bell mm-hmm. actually had a long-distance relationship from L.A. to, to Australia. So, Greg Bell, thank you so much for wow. calling in. Your timing's perfect. <laughs> of course, of course. And to Ryan's point, I was 0 for 6 before that relationship with Australia in U.S. long-distance relationships. 0 for 6? <laughs> 0 for 6. <laughs> Why do you keep trying to date <laughs> girls in the United States, Greg? Well, I, I found great success with Australia. But I think it's, I think I've been listening along, and I, and I think there's been a lot of interesting points. But in the, when I was living in L.A. and was involved in relationships in Austin and a couple in Chicago and one in Syracuse, it's really not that complicated. Both people have to want it to work out. The, the relationship that I have with my now wife that was long distance for two and a half years was 
probably the easiest relationship that I had ever been in. And this, going back to the technology question, this was before FaceTime and before instant message that was free across the world. It was before any of that. So I had $500 phone bills every month from, from calling, but it, it just worked. And if both people wow. want it to work, it will work. And I think when you're forced to establish the relationship on a foundation on distance, you really have to work to make it work. So if you're both committed to working at it and making it work, when you are finally together, you're really solid. It's, there's no manipulation. There's no games. There's no, like, you're, it's, it, you have to have that dedication to make it work. But it's been the most fulfilling relationship that I've, I've ever been involved in. And as Suzanne knows, I've been involved in quite a few. So. Yes. Well, That's I'm not going to Right? Uh, yes. And while yeah. I'm not going to interview you on your slew of ex-girlfriends during this show, um, <laughs> I'm you. But, but no, I mean, it's very, I, what you just said was really interesting that, yeah, if you're, if you're that committed long distance, then when you're together, it's probably even stronger. Um, right. Bella, before, before Greg uh, called in, you mentioned that you had a couple friends who had success stories. Um, what were they like? Yeah, uh, another friend, she couldn't call in Elle, but she met her husband, um, and they were between Texas and California, I believe. I also interviewed her for the article. And, like, it was, she met him on Zanga, which was, like, a blog site before everyone had a blog in, like, 2004. And... They met on a forum, and then they went and finally, like, they were messaging on AOL. This is how old this story was. And then um, (laughs) they finally, like, (laughs) met in person, and then he would drive back and forth from Long Beach to Texas. And, I mean, that's that's dedication. I think it was before eHarmony came out. So it was, like, a very taboo thing how they – Met, but now they're married and they have kids. That's amazing. I really That's think amazing. it's the connection thing. Sometimes you meet people with that connection, and um, it makes it makes you want to make it work. And when you so, only have a conversation, you have to. It develops real intimacy without the physical part. Yeah, absolutely. So so uh, if you guys were to give tips on, you know, how to make a long-distance relationship work, uh, what would they be? Maybe we'll start with Greg. Greg, yeah, we'll go to you first. Yeah, well, I, you know, again, I think that in some of the earlier long-distance relationships I had, it felt like a lot of work. And I think the the key to it is the other person – you have to feel like the other person is working at it as well. If you're always the one making phone calls or always the one sending messages or always the one sending cards and you're not getting that back, that, that is what is, that's what's a good sign that this might not be something that's worth investing your time and emotions in. You know, it, it has to be that constant give and take and, and we're people. So you're going to have, stuff going on with your life and challenges and and there's going to be times when you need that person there and physically they can't be there with you, but you still have to have to kind of let them know that you're there. It's just, it's all that give and take and you have to really 
be in tune with the other person's needs and they have to be in tune with your needs. And I think it's just, it's that communication. And like I said, with, with my wife and I, it, it was effortless and she had been in LA. I'd met her once in LA before uh, we actually started dating. And then a year later we started dating when she came back. And I remember talking to her before she left and she's like, it's so far away. And, and then she was the one that called me, two or three days when she got back to Australia. So it was instantly, we had that engagement right away. And then, you know, because of the time difference, she would call when I would call at night when she was getting up in the morning and going to work. And so it's just communication and however you do it, whether it's with phone calls or letters or cards or FaceTime or, you know, any of these social apps that you can use to stay in touch uh, Instagram or Snapchat, any of that, it doesn't matter. It, that's just the vehicle. It's got to be the communication that's got to be solid to start with. Well, and I, I think, I mean, I think you just touched also on, on consistency a bit. You know, you would call when she was getting up and she would call at night. And, like, I, I know that when I was in a long-distance relationship, uh, it the consistency was 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 key, you know, knowing that, oh, he's going to call me on his way home from work, and then, oh, we'll talk before bed, and, oh, you know, uh, and there was always, every every morning I woke up to an email, you know, and I think that consistency really helps to um, to, to reinforce that, hey, you know, we're in this together, and, and, uh, and we're serious, so um, I, I think consistency is definitely key. Definitely. So, um, Bella, so what what about you? What uh, um you guys have touched on so much the consistency and the the effort. Uh the effort is honestly the thing I think is the biggest. Um just like Greg said, you know, you don't want to feel like you're doing it. And, and when when it's mutual, it doesn't feel like work. It really just feels like yeah. okay. Easy, and that exactly. with any relationship. Like when connections are pure and when they're strong, you don't have to make this person fit in your life. They kind of just like it just happens. Yeah, awesome, great points. Um, well, hey, Bella, I've got a, a couple of more things that I want to touch on with Greg, and I don't want to hold you hostage okay. here on the phone. Yeah. Um, we want to find out just real quick. So you've got your latest article, Love in Real Time. Do you have a website or uh, someplace that people can see the writing that you're doing or uh, let people know how they can, you know, find you on the, find you on the yes, web, Instagram, yes. Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Thank you for asking. So I have a website. It's just my name, Brittany Bella Graham. Graham spelled like the cracker, G-R-A-H-A-M. And uh, <laughs> all my, <laughs> all my Insta and Twitter and Snapchat is all the same. It's just Miss Telegram, M S Telegram, and yeah, you can find everything through there. Wonderful, awesome. Good. And, if, and go ahead. Sorry. There, there are links to all of Bella's information if you want to say. find out more about her. It's like we share a brain, Suzanne. And it's kind of weird, Ryan. You can find us. Yeah, <laughs> check out the Fantasy Dating Radio website where you can find links to all of Bella's stuff. Awesome, Bella. Thank you so much for joining us. You're awesome. Thank you, thank you for you having so me. This was great. This was great. Okay, thank have you. a great night. You too. Thanks. All right, Greg, so I'm coming back at you now. So, here's what I need to know. So, now you're married. 
You're married to yep. a woman that you that you were uh, maintaining a long distance relationship over the course of a couple of years. Uh, now, yeah. do both of you live in Australia, or are you still doing the Australia-U.S. long-distance thing? No, she. I I was in Los Angeles, and she was in Sydney for two and a half years, and we went back and forth with visits as often as we could, but it would often be, you know, it's a lot of expense and a lot of uh, time. So we would go, you know, sometimes up to five months without seeing each other. But uh, she ended up moving to Los Angeles, and we lived in L.A. for three years, and then we moved to Australia just uh, a little under four years ago now. And we've been married for two. Wow, it's been four years? Yeah, four years in April. Okay, so I guess, so the question I guess that I'm, that, that was sort of the next thing is, while you're involved in this sort of long distance relationship, right, and you, you know, expressed that you felt like communication was key and all of, uh, you know, all of that stuff going on, it, 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 I think that there is a, an opportunity for people to sort of romanticize sort of the other person, who the partner is, the person that's a long distance away because you don't have to share sort of that space with them all the time. And I'm curious, I mean, obviously you're married now and you've been married for a couple of years and she's been in Australia with you now. Uh, and so I, I guess maybe you could just speak to that a little bit and sort of the notion that um, I guess when it's like when it's the right thing, it's the right thing. And you 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 get to that point like you're now you're cohabitating and there's there's the whole thing. I don't know. I'm just I, I guess I'm wondering a little bit. Like, yeah, I mean, look. Were the things that you thought would annoy you? Are they annoying? Are they not annoying? Like I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Like, you see where I'm, I'm asking the well, question he's, so badly. Yeah, he's, but he's asking this yeah, question because no, Lauren said something about you know how do you, do you end up in the same place with someone and then become annoyed by how the yes, way they breathe? Yes. <laughs> My wife hates the way I breathe. And I was like, the way I breathe. You realize there that makes is. me live, right? That, so. <laughs> Thank God there, you didn't marry a yeah, bitch. You know, I know. <laughs> it, you know, it's, 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 that's funny. It's like any relationship, though. I mean, you're, of course. You know, there's my wife and I, Katie and I are very different people in a lot of ways, but it's, you need to be, and it's probably the same with you and Lauren, you need to be on the same page in the important ways. And, you know, that's, it doesn't mean that she doesn't give me a hard time about stuff and I don't give her a hard time about stuff. But I think that, you know, back to that, that communication, there, when she moved over, it was, you know, there was a lot of kind of pressure on that. She put everything that she owned in a storage locker and moved to Los Angeles. And then it went from, you know, talking on the phone every day and seeing each other every three to four months to, okay, now I'm with this person 24 hours a day. And that is absolutely an adjustment. But like I said, if, if, you know, we had two and a half years leading up to that. Once we got to that point, you know, we, she and I have been forced to deal with a lot of kind of struggles with, you know, she moved over in the worst economic climate in the United States that we could have, that she could have moved over. And she was on a visa that required her to be tied to a job. And I remember I had an artist playing at the hotel cafe and I was picking her up on the way to work and, going down there to, to meet up and get ready for the show. And she was just in tears and she had lost her job. And by law, she was, if she was not employed 10 days legally, she had to go back to Australia. So 
Oh you know, we've been God. forced with stuff like to deal with stuff like that. And it, you know, it's never been a smooth ride, but I think if you have that bond together and that, that kind of team minded approach and, you know, look, we've been through a lot, we can get through this. It's, you know, we, you, you just do, which doesn't mean that, that uh, I don't do things that annoy her. I absolutely do. And she would probably be very happy to fill you in on a bunch of those things. If you had her on the line. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, that's well, great. You know what I just clued in on, though? Here's what I didn't realize. The entire time I thought we were talking to Greg, and I thought that Greg was calling from Australia, and I'm totally wrong, right? No, he's he calling. Is. Oh, he is calling from he's Australia. He's calling from Sydney, yeah. Okay, but why did I, yeah, I don't yeah, know, I mean, for a second, I thought, like, I, I'm having a hard time following the entire L.A. to Sydney connection right now. I don't know what's happening. Okay, here's the thing. Okay. Yeah. So, so Greg Bell so used to I, live in L.A. I look, yeah. Or you explain it, Greg Bell. Do you have yeah, to use his last name LA. all the time? Is he only Greg Bell? Yeah, he's only Greg Bell. He's oh, never okay. said Greg. You have several Gregs. Yeah. That you know. No, it's just, oh, no, no, no. I only have one Greg. Oh, but he's But still he's always no. Greg Bell. Oh. Yeah, it's weird. I, okay, fair. I stopped, fight, I, I stopped fighting that a long time ago, Ryan. I, people just call me Greg Bell. I just finally, <laughs> I just roll with it now. Um, so I was in L.A., and I was – my old roommate in Los Angeles dated Katie's best friend. So Katie came over with Melissa and visited, and that's when I met her. And then they went back to Sydney, and a year later came back again, and that's when we kind of started the relationship. And then, but she went back to Sydney, so it was two and a half years while I was in Los Angeles and she was in Sydney that we that we went back and forth. And then after that two and a half years, she moved to Los Angeles. We were in Los Angeles for three years, and then moved. We just moved to Sydney. Well, just almost four years ago, moved to Australia. Got it. So now you're back in Sydney. Okay. Exactly. Now I have yeah, a little time yeah, yeah, in my yeah. head. But the other little thing yeah, there is, uh, oh, well, the other little weird thing is that, you know, the other roommate um, who, was dating, who was dating Melissa, so another, uh, uh, he, yet another he person. was dating Melissa, but he was in L.A. and dating Melissa in Sydney. And so they had the long-distance relationship for a few years and did the same thing. So it is kind of amazing how well those things work out. And it's, and they're not the only ones. Like, we have other friends, um, you know, who were dating from L.A. to Toronto, and uh, and they're yeah. married. And then, then we had and L.A. My... to Pennsylvania, and they're married. You know, Mansfield produced a lot of long-distance relationships. <laughs> and my my sister was involved in one as well because her her husband was in the service and he ended up going to uh, Korea for a year for flight school and you know that was a big challenge to their relationship that you know could they survive a year apart and this was again back in the day this was back in the day before email and all that and I remember every night my sister would write him a letter and at the end of the week, bundle all those letters together and mail them to him in Korea. And, you know, they made it through that. And when he got back, they got married and they're still married to this day. So it can, it can work. It just, it just takes a lot of commitment on both sides. Well, and that, I mean, that I guess then speaks to sort of one of the other questions that we were talking about, or one of the thoughts that we were exploring a little bit, and certainly, uh, you know, with the benefit of retrospect, I guess maybe your opinion would be uh, very valid. 
which is, do you think that there are ways that your long distance relationship would have been different or better or worse had you had all of the sort of technological uh, opportunities or advances that exist today, things like, you know, uh, FaceTime and Skype and all Viber of that stuff. and all those things that yeah. we use for free. Versus yeah. the things that, you know, I mean, you said you were racking up $500 phone bills back yeah. in the day while you were <laughs> I calling your now wife. I mean, which to be fair, actually, to me, I'm money. like, well, if I was only spending $500 a month talking to my wife, I feel like I would be in really, really good shape right now. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to know about how your wife spends all your no, money. No, I'm <laughs> joking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But no, I mean, so my like my idea or or the thought anyway is, how do you think that those things would have benefited you or you know been a detriment for better or for worse based on sort of like the way that you kept your relationship going? It's a great question. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I would absolutely have a lot more cash than I do now, but uh, I think that, <laughs> that, that, that that they you know they the whole the vehicles I don't think matter as much as the efforts of the people running them. So I think it would only help, you know, the ability to, you know, when you're talking about just talking to somebody on the phone versus FaceTiming them when you haven't seen them for three or four months, you know, yeah, that's, you know, that's amazing. Technology is amazing like that, or being able to call for free and, you know, you don't have to worry about calling too much because you don't have to pay for it anymore. So I think, I think it's, you know, the tools are there to make it easy, but I think if the people aren't right for it, that those tools don't matter. But if they are, it, it, they're they're very useful in in your ability to to kind of go through it. And you know, I had learned from all those failed long distance relationships. I had really learned what the warning signs were when you know this isn't working out, and you know it, this isn't going to be something that's going to be continuing. And then like you when get you into one that is phone? very that's usually a good solid yeah, indicator. Yeah, if she stops taking your calls. Your letters start getting returned, you know, stuff yeah. like that. But, yeah. um, but if it, her mom you know answers I mean? and it's, says, it's, stop calling here, that's right. usually a good... Are you going to be living your two yeah, years now? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Don't worry about exactly. it. Exactly. Restraining orders, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it's... But so when you... Like I said, it was good, you know, seeing my roommate go through it with someone. And, and the same thing. It was before email. So they used to write each other all the time and call all the time. So I kind of... I kind of saw it and and kind of experienced it while I was in LA with the different girls. And then when, like I said, when Katie and I kind of fell into it, it just, it was very natural. It was, you know, it's weird to say that it was the most effortless relationship that I've ever been in, but it really was. It just, you know, we were both, even though I, we may not have realized it really early on, but we both became very committed to it and, and very, we both worked really hard at it. And, and it was, you know, absolutely worthwhile. And, and had she not had that kind of dedication, it never would have worked. And had I not had that kind of dedication, it never would have worked. Yeah. I mean, I really think it's like a huge combination of things. Like, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a lot of, uh, I, I mean, I think it's obviously confidence. You know, if you're not a confident person, there's no way you could survive a long distance relationship. You'd be like crazed. What's he doing now? Where is he? Who's he talking to? Blah, blah, blah. You know, um, I think I think there's got to be trust. I think there's got to be. I think you have to have your own life too. I mean, um, and 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 really just be like super independent and able to. I mean, I think it's I think it's you know a, a huge 
combination of things. But definitely, you know, the, the, the dedication is key. If you're not really partners in it and, and really partnering to make it work, it will never work. And the trust. The, the trust is, as you said, is, is so important because it's not, you know, it's not like looking across the bar and seeing her talking to somebody else. You know, you're, you're going for huge chunks of time with really little accountability. So, oh, yeah. yeah, you have to have that. You absolutely have to have that trust in, in each other and, and faith and belief in each other that, that, uh, that you're both pointed in the right direction. Yeah. So you basically have to be, like, really healthy, happy people with, like, strong self-esteem and be confident. <laughs> Otherwise, it's never going to work. So you just eliminated 98% of the population. <laughs> well, yeah. I would say 90. But I was 90. All right, <laughs> I'm going to give faith in 10%. I was going to say that. Benefit of the doubt. Yeah. That definitely, that definitely wouldn't have been me. But I, but it's just, it's just you know what? you got to click with the person at the right time. You both have to well, be no, in the I same mean, I think, place. I think that both. really was. I mean, listen, and I mean, and knowing you well, I mean, I think that did have a lot to do with it. I mean, I do think that it had a lot to do with it being a happy, healthy, confident person and, you know, knowing how to trust and also knowing that she was someone who you could trust. You know, I think that's my own personal point of view. I'll stop. Right, right. <laughs> well, Greg, I don't know you at all, but just based on the sound of your voice, you seem very trustworthy. So, uh <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you, Ryan. I feel good about you solely <laughs> based on your cadence <laughs> and intonation. So I can't Very wait nice. to come to see you visit want... you. Actually, just booked tickets uh, a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> Lauren and I will be there next week. Fantastic. We're hanging Fantastic. out with you and your lovely wife. Very What'd good. Well, we'll, be, uh, we'll, be, we'll be in L.A. in April, so... Oh, okay. Well, then we'll hang out in L.A. also. Hope, yeah, we will. Hope to, April see, hope to see you then. we got a big date. It's going to yeah. be awesome. Thank you so much for joining yes, us. Yes, I yes. mean, you really you shed a lot of light on all of this. And um, and, and thank you, really. It's been great. He just blew my entire philosophy out of the water. because I was like, nobody has ever been in a successful long-distance relationship. And now here comes Greg Bell. Absolutely. It's, just I was going to say, if you want to touch on it, if you want to touch on any of the long-distance relationships I'm currently involved in on another show, I'm happy to do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What? It's an entirely different topic. <laughs> totally different conversation. Oh, my, oh my God. You just ruined everything. <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> just a joke. Just a joke. I know. I know. Hey, thank Good. you. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much. It's been great being oh, on. Yeah, thanks I've for enjoyed call, listening for sure. to the show. Thank you. You're amazing. Have a great night. Or a good day. Thank you. Yeah, it's a good day now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Who knows the time it is Do you know? Yeah, it's it's like <laughs> afternoon tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, one in, the, one in the afternoon. It's one in the afternoon tomorrow. On Thursday. Yeah, it's Thursday yeah. at one. Isn't that Thursday. amazing? It's so weird. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Love you. Bye. All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for calling. Bye. Amazing, right. right? I didn't even get to ask him if there were any koala bears anywhere. And, and that was the uh, thing that really I wanted to ask about koala bears you're and if there so were funny. any. You wanted to ask him about koala bears. There weren't any koala bears. I don't think anywhere. they're running around wild. But, but, no, but, I'm pretty sure they're not. They're only in like preserves and stuff. But you never know. Greg Bell might have been at a koala preserve while he was talking to us. There's he, cell phones. He could have been. He could have been it's entirely he could have been koalaing from the. Yeah. He could have been. Know. 
Too bad he didn't Snapchat us or like FaceTime us the koala bear. Maybe his wife is a koala wrangler. How would you know? Do you know? She's not. You do know. No, she's, not. she's definitely not. But we could have been in a, in a long-distance koala relationship with him on Snapchat or WhatsApp or what did she say? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> do you know that koala bears are uh, very ornery? I can imagine. That's a true story. They're ornery. They have big claws. People think that they're soft and they're not soft at all. They're they're prickly and they're sort like of mean. Like porcupines. And like mean. well, not porcupine prickly, but they're like like raccoons, evil. Yeah, more along the lines of like if you know, there's like your family cat who's like nice and fluffy, but then there's like the weird alley cat, cat that comes around yeah. every once in a while and mm. is sort of mean and bitey. Mm. It's more like what koala bears are, and apparently they smell like pee. Oh, this is great. Such a great way to end such a wonderful show. No, we're not even ending yet. We're going to go over a little bit tonight, Suzanne, because... What are we going to talk about? Well, we didn't get to your long-distance relationship oh, story. Oh, God. And since we're talking long-distance relationships, right. we're going to talk about your long-distance relationship. Okay. Before we leave, because we can't just talk about mine, and then, like, I just put it all out there, and you, I mean, you didn't have to say anything. So here's what happened. <laughs> so, um, so... Let's see. Um, I uh, how do I explain this? So, uh, so I dated this guy. So I met a guy in Vegas at a club because you know that sometimes actually works out. And uh, mm. I know. Can you believe it? And, and it was the, it's actually a very funny story. Was he so, dancing at the time? No. So he no. was in one of those like horseshoe booths, and it was and he was with he was he was with a bachelor party and it was a total shit show Ew. and I was with a girlfriend of mine who's a little bit high maintenance and so we were on a higher level and she pointed down to his table and she's like there's a cute guy there I want to talk to him and I was like okay whatever you want to do so um it wasn't go- my wife right hell no okay good um your wife is not high maintenance so we go to well sorry not to me so <laughs> so we go down so we go down to this booth and um and uh, she approaches uh, this guy's friend, and I see him, and he's sitting there, and he's wearing, like, aviators in the darkest club ever. And I'm like, what a freaking idiot. Yeah. So I, you know, I walk up, and I'm, and I'm like, really? You need those sunglasses in here? And he's like, really? You're talking to me, aren't you? And I was like, oh, that's a great line. So I sat down with him, and um, and we started drinking, talking, drinking, talking by the end of the night. Uh, we had exchanged numbers and, uh, and then we left Vegas and it ended up, he lived in Orange County and uh, a couple of days later he called and said, I really want to see you. And so we started dating and, um, we dated for about a year, but somewhere in that like first, I don't know, five or six months, he was like, of course he was a math hole. Obviously. Because, you know. Because um, you guys can find each other in the dark. Oh my God, it's unbelievable! It's like, unbelievable. Two. I want someone to do a magic spell on me that says, "Suzanne, you can no longer be attracted to massholes." And for you who are listening, that means people who are mass from Massachusetts. People who are from Massachusetts. So um, anyway, uh, and so he was like, you know, I'm eventually going to move back to Massachusetts. Blah blah blah. And I was like, all right. And so we basically, we we were kind of expiration dating. So after about a year or so. <laughs> we were expiration dating. Well, we, I've never heard that term before, but I think it's awesome. We knew we knew it was going to end at some dating. point. You're like sour milk. And Yeah. 
we knew it was going to end at some point. And he was going to go back to Massachusetts. And it was cool. It was all right. We still, you know, we had a good time. And he went. And uh, and it was fine. And then five years went by. So five years go by. And uh, it's my birthday. And he texts and he's like, happy birthday. And, uh, you know, I'm coming to town next week. Do you want to go to dinner? And I'm like, sure. So we go to this dinner. And... um. And we're at the dinner, and five years have gone by. I mean, yeah. I, wait, I have to stop you. Was there zero communication from, like, you'd not spoken to him in five years? No, I mean, we talked like once or twice after he moved, and we were Facebook friends and stuff like that. But you know, talked like he called you on the phone, or talked like he sent you a text message every once in a while. I, talked like I you'd we, send a witty Facebook message, and he would reply. No, no, no. We were not like in communication and communication. Like, yeah. I think. I mean, I think. So you're Facebook pals. You're like 375 people that are my Facebook friends. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think, I do remember talking on the phone, like, once or twice after he left. The but you day. were shit-faced, so you didn't, you, uh, yeah. No, I wasn't. We no. were, I was actually sober, but okay. All right. But anyway, so, but in between, I mean, I think, I think I had, like, three, you know, crappy boyfriends, only one of whom was a mass hole. Um <laughs> But right, well, now that I think about you're it, breaking trends. So uh, I, know, I was trying, um, and so and so so we go to dinner and we're sitting at dinner and and you know, we have this conversation and it was basically where we were talking about the last five years and we basically shook out at that that you know hey what we have is really really awesome and the last five years have been kind of crappy and we've dated some other people and it hasn't been as good as this and you know maybe we should give this another try so we did. And so he was living in Massachusetts and I was living here and we had this long distance relationship. And for me, uh, I mean, I loved it because at the time I had just launched fantasy dating or fantasy dating, I think was like a year old and I was, and then I had other work to do. So I was constantly working and like working the weekends and working, I'm just working all the time. And so, so to be able to, to have the boyfriend but not have to invest the time in the boyfriend mm. goes back to that whole idea about having, you know, being the type where you, you actually enjoy the long distance relationship. Um, and so, and so I would go out there and, and because I work from home, I could go out and I could spend two or three weeks and then I could come, come home for, you know, three or four weeks and then maybe go back or maybe he would come out. He had an office job, so it was a little bit more difficult, but he did come out a lot or as much as possible and so uh, we ended up seeing each other probably once every or about every 30 days. And sometimes it would be like if he came here, it might just be for five days or a week. Or but if I went there, it might be for two or three weeks or whatever. And um, and it went on that way for about a year. And I, I loved it because it gave me the freedom to do to work on what I needed to work on and also still spend time with my friends. And and uh, and it was great. And uh, and then it imploded, but we won't go there. <laughs> oh, that is such like the worst ending to that story. Is that a terrible cliffhanger? Oh man, it was. Yeah, All no, right. everything was good, and then it imploded. Like, no, look, nobody needs to go into like your psychosis about how the whole thing like went bad. Like, it's fine if it went bad. Right. Did it go bad because it was a long distance thing? No. And what All was right. so interesting? What was so interesting is that when I would tell people that we broke up their immediate response would be, yeah, those long-distance things never work out. And I was like, it had nothing to do with the long-distance. And what it had to do with was that I, it, it was basically, it was about a year, 
and that whole honeymoon stage was over yeah. for him. Yeah. And basically, I mean, we all know about the honeymoon stage, the oxytocin and the freaking, you know, <laughs> uh, the the dopamine and all the amazing drugs and, and, and how your body and your brain is just firing love, 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 love everywhere. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to our episode where we talk to the scientist and neurologist about uh, about what happens to your brain on drugs or on love. Um, so or drugs, right? But uh, yes, but love. Uh, how love is a drug? Drugs. Pretty sure that was a movie, wasn't it? Love it and was. Other drugs. Yeah. It definitely was. Yep. Um, and so and so, uh, I forgot what I was saying. Basically, he got over the dopamine. Yeah, he got over the dopamine, and and he and his answer was, which is why we're doing this show. This is one of the number one reasons why we are doing this show. His reason was, I just keep thinking that if she were the one, I'd still be feeling that way. And I think that there are so many myths that that you know whether it's Hollywood or whoever or media or I mean whatever, but there's so many myths that we precipitate. And we just keep pushing, and we keep you know you know sending out there and and yes there there is there is that ideal person, uh but the idea that the one is going to to um to outweigh everything bad and take all the i mean the bottom line is you get to the end of that stage, you get to the end of that stage where things aren't so incredibly intoxicating and sexy and, and you know, and all of a sudden you feel like, yeah, I can take my hands off you, and it's okay if we don't have sex for a day. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, when you get to the end of that point, um, uh, and reality sets in, you have to make a choice. You know, it becomes a choice. It becomes an active choice. Love is a choice. Love is a behavior. Love is a verb. You know, you decide to love somebody. You decide to make that choice, and you lo- you decide to stick with that person even when they're being a cranky butt and they're complaining about the way you breathe. You know, you decide to love that person even when when they are so incredibly sad that you don't even want to be in the same room with that person. You know, you decide, you decide, you make those choices and you make those decisions. And he believed in the fairy tale of the one. And um and well, what, that that's why that guy's never going to have a successful relationship. So, meh. So there you go. Meh. Enough that about guy. that guy. I know. Yeah. Wow. Because you're right. I mean, like relationships are. Look, I. I mean, relationships are work. They are work. It shouldn't, it shouldn't always feel like work. No. You should definitely feel like there's a cost-benefit analysis in your relationship. You should by far feel like the majority of the time that you're in the relationship that you are experiencing something that is profound and beneficial and awesome and you know like you're totally just into everything that's going on but yeah there's going to be times where I'm like damn it like take your feet off of my shoulder I don't want your smelly feet on my shoulder <laughs> asshat like knock it off yeah or like yeah uh, oh my god or stop freaking snoring you know? Yes, stop and, snoring. I, I mean, you know, or for oh. God's sakes, would it kill you to put gas in your own damn car? <laughs> put some gas in your damn car. Yes, you can take my car, but then when I take your car, if I get into it and there's four miles of gas, you're an ass. See? Stop it. Yes, yes there's lots of those examples. Yeah. There's lots of real-world yeah. examples of those things that happen. But at the end of the day... It also should be 
about the fact that regardless of all of those things, you make the choice to still go, Of course, yeah, but I love you anyway. I love you anyway. I do. I do. And that's it. Yep. And it, yeah, so whatever. I it's, get it. I totally uh, agree. But it's like what Greg Bell was saying earlier about like the long-distance relationships and everything. He's like, it's odd to say that this is the easiest relationship I've ever had. Yeah. And yet he says, we had to trust each other. We had to partner at it. We had to work really, really hard at it. But Dear it's God. still the best relationship. Foundation of trust? What? I know. Amazing, Foundation right? Foundation of trust? What? <laughs> Trusting somebody? Come on. Uh, it's hard. It's, it's hard. It's Imagine hard for it. the majority of people. It's a difficult thing. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's hard from, you know, f- from here to home versus, you know, from from Man, LA to Sydney. Yeah. You know? Well, and then Come especially on. if you've, I mean, you know, the majority of people through the course of their lives have been in relationships that have... Uh, you know, been great for a while or whatever, but then for one reason or another have failed. Yeah. Right? So if you're coming from a basis of having a failed relationship over and over and over again, sure. the notion of like yeah. being trusting to somebody and like, oh yeah, I trust you. It's unheard of. And like exponentially, like infinitely, just, oh, I trust, no, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. No, I be- Like when you say you're doing something, I believe that you say you're doing it. Right. Even though that last person was totally lying and having Ooh. a threesome with so and so, you know, yes. yeah, I know, I know. It's, no, it's a yeah, it's a tough thing. So it is. No, that's rad. It is. Good on you, Greg Bell, if you're still listening. Way to go. <laughs> yeah. Way to go with your trusting relationship and your long distance Sydney stuff. Yeah. Hope there's a koala somewhere in your yard. I hope not. You just said they were evil and prickly. Well, I mean, it's still fun to look at. I mean, well, that's true. No, I, don't know. I just heard they smell like pee. That's all I got. Oh my God. On that note. Thank you so much for listening to Fantasy Dating Radio tonight. We really hope that you learned a little bit of something about long-distance love and it didn't scare the crap out of you. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> thank you so much to Tao Sound for our, our theme song. And please go uh, please go check out Bella Graham uh, at her website. Uh, I believe it's bellagram.com or maybe it's brittanybellagram.com. The link is on the site. Who it's knows? It's on the site. And, yeah. uh, yes. And Check out Greg Bell at, at Greg Bell dot Greg Bell. <laughs> it's not a real thing. We no. just made that up. <laughs> it's totally not a real thing. Don't try. <laughs> but Greg Bell was great. He was. He was really great. So thank you so much for both of you for calling in. You're amazing. We'll and see you next week. Or maybe not. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. But, uh, just, um, yeah. So if you meet someone and they live far away and by far, you're thinking an hour. If you're thinking Santa Monica to Pasadena, <laughs> think no, about no, Greg Bell from L.A. to Australia and try and make it work. We dare you. We dare you. 